Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 80 of Lifelong Podcast. I cannot believe we are already approaching our 100th episode, just 20 episodes away from 100. And it's 2024. Happy 2024 to you all. Happy New Year. Hope you all had a beautiful Christmas, holidays, whatever you celebrate. I myself took some time to reset, be with family, and yeah, really just over here getting my life organized, as I like to say, as I am jumping into my New Year's resolutions, doing reflecting on 2023. And today I have a solo episode in store for you all. I am going to be talking about parasites, something that I have mentioned on the podcast before, but I've never done a deep dive into parasites. Today is the day, and quite honestly, parasites are so complex. There's so much to this topic that I could probably do five to ten more episodes, but let's really just get started and jump into the episode so that you all can start learning about parasites, learning why they are concerning, why they are more prevalent now, certain things to look out for, and how to essentially treat and prevent parasites. First things first, what even are parasites? I'm sure you probably have heard of parasites. When you think of parasites, you probably are thinking of tropical or sub-destinations like traveling to Latin America or Africa or over in like Thailand or Bali. You have heard of malaria and different parasitic type infections. But what you probably are less familiar with is that parasites exist even in North America and they are growing in prevalence for a number of reasons, gut microbiome disruption, increased stress, increased imports and exports from other countries, and a whole bunch of different things. So I will be diving into that in just a second here. But what are parasites in a nutshell? They are organisms that live in, on, or with another organism. This is what they would call the host, and they feed multiply and grow in a way that harms the body or the host, in the human case, the body. So they need the host for their survival, and that is why they rarely kill their host, but they can carry so many life-threatening and, quite honestly, just frustrating diseases and junk. Parasites are something that live within a host, in this case, the body, and latch on to a whole bunch of junk that disrupts the body but doesn't kill the body. So it basically just makes people's life a little bit more challenging because of the health issues that they can cause. What are some of those health things that parasites are linked with? Parasites can lead to serious health issues they are linked with mineral imbalance, and a key sign of this is actually bags under the eyes. And also, while going through this list of symptoms, it doesn't mean that if you have the symptom that you guaranteed have a parasitic infection. It just means that, for example, 
mineral imbalance. Parasites cause mineral imbalance, but a lot of different things can also cause mineral imbalance. So it's looking at the body as a whole, the holistic perspective. A lot of times people really prefer to work with a health professional when addressing parasites and health issues. That is what I would recommend, even though I've been my own health guru for some time now, but I understand that not everyone is at that level. So it can be really helpful to work with a professional, especially because of the complexities with parasites and their ability to be linked with so many other things like Lyme and co-infections and mold illness and the list goes on. Serious health issues with parasites include mineral imbalance, mental health problems because they alter your brain chemistry, anemia, anxiety, allergies, and this is because certain types of parasites like cestodes, nematodes, and trematodes all increase Th2, so you will see an exaggerated immune response and an increased sensitivity, so you might become more sensitive to the sun or certain foods, and this makes mast cells super sensitive because parasites cause leaky gut. For example, foods can then slip, even good, super healthy foods can slip through the gut lining into places where it shouldn't be and subsequently attacks it, leading to allergies and autoimmune symptoms. Other things linked with parasitic infections are depression, even asthma, Fatigue, a big part of this is because parasites deplete mitochondria, and mitochondria are where ATP is produced. So, basically, the energy center of the cell. We need mitochondria to be healthy and thriving, and depleting mitochondria is never a good thing. Similar to allergies, parasites can exacerbate histamine issues, which go beyond allergic issues. Histamine issues can flare up in so many different ways. I should do an episode on histamine and then hormonal imbalance. Parasites can excrete estrogen-like substances leading to hormonal issues. As you can see, parasites are linked with so many different health and it's really wild because so many different parts of the world regularly cleanse from parasites Whereas in the United States, because we're a developed country and we're not tropical, whatever, our medical system, our society doesn't even think of parasites of being an issue. More on that in just a second. But the biggest thing that parasites can be linked with is cancer. And this is because parasites can clump together, causing tumors and cysts. And then the other component of that is because they deplete mitochondria. And mitochondria are really important for um, preventing cancer. When there are less mitochondria, you're more likely to have cancerous cells. So much deeper topic there, but you can go online and do your own research on that. The link between parasites and cancer is beyond fascinating and also really depressing at the same time. And then little side note there, cancer is super multifaceted. So this is not me saying that 
parasites are the sole cause of cancer because they are 100% not. Cancer is very multifaceted, as we all know. So going back to other parts of the world, cleansing from parasites regularly and the U.S. like not even thinking of parasites being an issue, why should we be thinking about parasites in the States? The, the reasoning is parasites are just becoming more and more common. There is more travel, more international travel. There is so much with exports and imports, food coming from China and Thailand and Latin America to the United States and being put on our grocery shelves. Unlike any time in history, this is really the first time in history that So much of our food in grocery stores is coming from overseas. And with that, we can be exposed to different bacteria, pathogens, parasites from those regions. So that is another hypothesis to why parasites are increasingly more common even in the United States. The other huge thing here is that there are more toxins than ever before. You know this if you've been listening to Lifelong Podcasts. I've been preaching this for so long that we have never seen this level of toxins in our world, and it's leading to a whole host of problems. So with the that there be more toxins, there is also a lot of microbiome disruption going on. And with microbiome disruption, your immune system gets all out of whack, you're leading to autoimmune, leading to a whole bunch of other frustrating symptoms. And one of the biggest things is that a lot of people have low stomach acid. And we actually want to have high stomach acid, as weird as that, or as counterintuitive as that may seem. But we need this essential stomach acid to digest foods and to fight off and ward pathogens. So Because of the microbiome disruption and the low stomach acid and also really nutrient-poor food, people are more and more susceptible parasites. And fun fact, even raw produce can be a huge place where people can get infected. Always, I always advocate for washing your produce with Branch Basics or soaking it in a vinegar solution. I have talked about that in the past. And then another reason why parasites are more common now is because of the high stress society that we live in. And as the mind-body connection is a real thing and the more stressed our body is, the less external threats it can handle. So it makes a ton of sense why parasites are so common. And by so common, there are phrases going around saying that if you have a pulse, you have a parasite. So don't get freaked out here. This doesn't mean you're going to be pulling worms out of your eyes or seeing them in your poop tomorrow. But a lot of people, most people do have parasitic infections and they are hidden. And the one of the biggest reasons that parasites are concerning is because parasites hold on to, they eat things like heavy metal, candida, mold, lime, co-infections. So they're harboring these root causes, these toxic issues, 
And so there's this whole kind of medley of toxic junk hanging out in your body, being glued together, so to speak. I'm speaking (laughs) in, I'm just generalizing here, but holding on to all this in the form of, of parasites. It's not just the parasites that are the issue. It's that they are so related to these other root causes for health issues. The beautiful thing is that when you start addressing parasites, you can actually start healing from so many different things and cleansing from heavy metals and mold and the list goes on. This doesn't mean that you just do one parasite cleanse and that you're better and you never need a heavy metal detox or detox from mold or anything like that. It Everyone's journey is so unique and there are a lot of layers to healing. Thinking of like an onion and peeling back the layers, the first layer that I believe and that many health professionals in the holistic space believe is peeling back that layer of parasites. It's like a Pandora's box almost in in the best possible way though because you're you're opening yourself up to detoxing from so many other things that are leading to all these different health issues. So it's like a domino effect. The more of an issue parasites are, the more of an issue you might have with heavy metals and mold and lime. And that doesn't mean again, doesn't mean that you have this. This is not a diagnosis. This is just an educational episode. Perfect time for me to throw in a disclaimer. This is not medical information. Please uh, work with a doctor or health professional to address your own individual health journey. I talked a little bit about why parasites are more prevalent, but I also want to share some of the ways that you can get a parasite. One big thing is raw fish, and yes, that includes sushi. I will never be eating raw fish. Um, On the occasion, I will eat ceviche if I'm in a tropical destination where the fish was fished that morning. That sounds really, that sounds like really improper English. But anyways, if I'm traveling and I'm in Nicaragua and there's fresh ceviche and it's swimming in citrus, I will likely partake. This doesn't mean though that I'm eating it every single day. For example, when I was in Nicaragua last year, I was there with family and my in-laws and all that. And ceviche and raw fish was being ordered every single day, but I didn't partake in eating that every single day. I'm really hesitant to eat raw fish, but I knew that it was super fresh and it was in citrus and citrus helps cure fish. So it helps cook fish. So I felt much better about that. And then on top of that, I made sure to take digestive enzymes beforehand. And another thing people like to take is hydrochloric acid, which is a way to increase stomach acid. So if you have these digestive enzymes on hand and this hydrochloric acid on hand before you eat raw fish, 
you're going to equip your body to be stronger in handling any potential parasite exposure. Think of it as like an armor, a protective shield in a way. Not 100%, but it helps. Raw fish is a really big exposure, a way to get parasites. Pork is really another common way to get parasites with pork, you absolutely, and chicken. You want to make sure that you're cooking that pork fully. I recommend using a meat thermometer anytime that you are cooking meat. I use one religiously, and not only does it keep me safe from any parasites or bacteria, but also it ensures that the meat is just cooked to perfection. You're going to be eating better tasting meat if you're using a thermometer. Another way is dirt and contaminated soil. So a lot of times kiddos and babies will get exposed to parasites through, um, you know, sitting in dirt and playing in dirt and soil. And I advocate for kids doing that. I think getting dirty is really important for your microbiome. But one of the um, detriments to that is that you can be exposed to parasites. So one thing to keep in mind is not sitting a baby, for example, sitting them in their bare butt with no diaper on because any opening in the body really makes you more susceptible to getting a parasite. That also goes with like your face. Animals are also a really big exposure. It's wild though. Animals like pets, horses, dogs, I don't know about cats, but they go through regular parasite cleansing. And if they're doing that and they live in our house, aren't they bringing that into the house? And even if they don't live in the house, animals living in North America, yeah, they have a different lifestyle than humans living indoors and whatever, and they're eating different things. But I feel like everything is so interconnected that to me, it just makes sense. Okay, if we're cleansing our animals, shouldn't we be cleansing ourselves as well? Maybe not at the same rate, definitely not with the same protocol, but it's just like a mental unlock, I think, for some people realizing that, oh yeah, I cleanse my dog for parasites a few times a year. Why don't I? Totally makes sense. I should do this for myself. Doesn't hurt. And there are tons of herbs and natural products out there that are super helpful. So stick around because I'm going to be sharing about those in a little bit here. Overuse of antibiotics is another way to make yourself more susceptible to parasites. This goes with just destroying that gut lining again. And then spouses. So something I recommend is if you are cleansing parasites or if you're embracing a lifestyle that makes you lifestyle of preventing parasites, I would recommend that you do that with your spouse or if you have children, doing it with your children as well, just to keep the home as healthy as possible. What are some of the telltale signs of parasites? An itchy butt, genitals, or nose can be a telltale sign of parasites pale skin, the inability to gain weight, bags under the eyes like mentioned earlier, chronic allergies, and constipation and diarrhea, and seizures. And something to note here is that parasites produce ammonia, and ammonia depletes GABA. And low GABA is linked with seizure activity, restless, 
irritable, panic attacks, difficulty concentrating, and having that feeling of a million thoughts a minute. And what are the types of parasites? So there are a lot of different types of parasites out there, and they are classified into categories. So one of the first types of parasites that you've maybe heard of are tapeworms. These are actually known as cestodes, and they can be found in the brain and large intestine. Another type of parasites are trematodes, and these are known as flukes. These are found in the large intestine, bladder, small intestine, pancreas, lungs, and liver. The next type is nematodes or roundworms. These can be found in the brain, large intestine, gallbladder, liver, lungs, and bladder. Another type is protozoa. This is also known as giardia, blastocystis, and E. coli. These can be found in the brain, the lymph, stomach, the large intestine, bladder, joints, small intestine, pancreas, gallbladder, liver, and lungs. And lastly, there are sporozoa, and these can be known as babesia, toxoplasmosis, cryptosporidium, and these can be found in the brain, lymph, kidneys, stomachs, joints, and small intestines. As you can see, there, there are so many different kinds of parasites out there. Some of these types of parasites, they are super small and microscopic, for example, like the protozoa. And then there are other kinds that are more visible to the eye during a parasite detox, per se. And you might see types of worms in your... On a similar note, people are going to ask, okay, how do you test for parasites? Personally, I've always been a big fan of health history. Testing is tricky. Testing is flawed. But testing has a time and a place. And the trouble with testing for parasites is that a lot of these tests are only looking at the stool. And with stool, two problems here, these samples are only reflective of a moment in time, that bowel movement that you're submitting. And secondly, parasites, as you know now, don't just exist in the gut. So if they're in the, the kidneys or the brain, do you think that's going to be coming out on a stool test? I don't think so. Correct me if I'm wrong. There are some blood tests, however, that can be helpful in identifying if someone has a parasite exposure. Some blood tests out there make the puzzle a little bit easier. They can provide clues as to what's going on. So again, love a holistic mindset of, okay, here are different um, puzzle pieces. Here is a health history. Here is some blood work. Here are different things in the lifestyle. How does it all add up? So that's that. But then the biggest thing that probably the coolest testing out there, I think, and that a lot of holistic health practitioners believe in for parasite testing is bioresonance testing and muscle testing and using like vials with muscle testing. So basically it's an energetic approach to identifying what is going on in the body and if your body is resonating with certain parasites and different things. And another thing that's tricky for me to explain, I did talk about this in a previous episode, though, that I have done some bioresonance test testing and I've been really fascinated with that 
kind of testing. So that's definitely something to look into if you want more information. So yeah, in a nutshell, testing is proven to be quite complicated, but bioresonance testing and a health history is probably your best bet. Another thing that is really fascinating is that there is a relationship between the full moon and peri. A lot of times people will notice an increase in symptoms during the full moon, and I'd be curious for you to take note yourself and notice if you have an uptick in symptoms around the, so- the full moon. And the, there are a few different theories out there, one of the theories being related to um, serotonin production and serotonin being higher during this time with the lunar cycles. And then also it's just that hormonal relation between the moon and hormones and parasites. So a lot of people like to do parasite cleanses around or leading up to the full moon. Okay, the big question is how do we treat parasites? So again, like I said, it's best to work with a practitioner here and figure out your own bio-individualized approach to all of this. But summarize, I would say it's really important to address foundations first. So making sure that your detox pathways are open, making sure that you're having one to three bowel movements a day, that you are properly and cellularly hydrated, that you're sweating daily, that you are breathing deeply. And once you have been doing this for at least 30 days, I would say, making sure you're checking all those foundational boxes, drainage pathway boxes, then you're actually going to be able to start detoxing. You never want to start a detox if you're not if your pathways are not open because then all of these toxins can be recirculating in your body and it can lead to Herxheimer reactions and getting super sick while trying to heal. So that's not really fun. After that, you're going to want to kill the parasites. So a lot of there are a lot of different herbs out there, a lot of different blends of products, but in general, some great herbs for killing parasites are wormwood, oregano, grape fruit seed extract, clove oil, and pumpkin seeds. Pumpkin seeds are really a great food for killing parasites. After killing them, you're going to want to bind them up because now they are mobilized in the body and you want to just really ensure that they're getting out of the body. So you can do this by taking a binder. Some of those binders that are great include activated charcoal, diatomaceous earth, humic and fulvic acid, modified citrus pectin, and psyllium husk. So then while you're doing all this, you're going to also want to just be making sure that you're hydrated and getting good sleep and still reducing your stress and eating a really clean diet because it's not just about doing this a cleanse once and all your problems go away. It's about embracing a lifestyle that nurtures your best possible health for the long term. So I would recommend doing intense parasite cleansing at least once a year. A lot of people really like to do it quarterly. I personally am not in the best routine with this. I want to get into a better routine with this because of what I've been learning about parasites. But yeah, work with a health practitioner so you you can get your own 
individual approach to healing. And then the final thing here is that when you are doing this, you're going to be passing parasites. So don't be alarmed if you see parasites in the toilet. And also don't be mistaken for mucus and yeast in the toilet because a lot of times parasites are bound up with a lot of mucus and yeast as well. So when you're cleansing from parasites, a lot of other stuff is getting out. So it feels really good. That is like a summarized approach to treating parasites. It's something I would do regularly. You could even start incorporating some of these parasite anti-parasitic foods into your diet. Some other ones include garlic. Pumpkin seeds and garlic are really great. And finally, preventing parasites. I think one of the biggest problems is that parasites will likely keep coming back if you are not in a balanced state of health. It's really important to reduce what is making us susceptible in the first place. Otherwise, the parasites will come right back. So you can increase your stomach acid, eating nutrient-dense, addressing those nutritional deficiencies, reducing stress, healing and sealing the gut, cleaning up your environment, and just making sure those detox pathways are open. So that's that on parasites. Like I said, there is so much more to the parasite conversation, but I wanted to just get it started here. And I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And I hope I didn't scare you too much by saying if you have a policy of a parasite. One more thing before you go. Are you subscribed to Lifelong Podcast? Have you left a rating and review? Are you following along on Instagram at lifelong underscore pod and at holistic with Heidi? If you're not doing so already, consider doing it to support our show and to help spread this message near and far. Thank you all and we'll see you next week.